So after the message is over, please don't leave. Do not leave. We're going to have a time where you can enter into prayer in the presence of the Holy Spirit, in the presence of your Lord, and come to him and be loved upon by him. And we're going to have a few prayer ministers that will, if you want, you can raise your hand, they'll come to you. If you want to come to them, they'll be stationed wherever the Lord tells them to station around the church. You can stay in your chairs and pray. You can kneel. We have the the steps here. We have the altars. You can do that however you want, but you, we are all going to be praying in repentance. Repentance is a beautiful thing because it helps us not condemn ourselves. It helps us not feel unworthy. And it opens up doors of our hearts to receive the blessing of the Lord because he has blessing for you, he has healing for you, he has restoration for you, he has redemption for you. So that's what we're going to be doing today. So let's start first in Mark 2, verse 1 through 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. After digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. Daughter, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. So this is the healing of the paralytic. And what I first want to note, what I believe the Lord first wants you to note, to recognize, is that the man's faith, the paralytic's friend's faith, drove them to action. The paralytic's friend's faith drove them to action. Faith has motion. Faith acts. It acts. They carried their bedridden friend on the mat 
to see Jesus and to be healed. They had an expectation. You are right to have an expectation. Faith expects and it moves. So they expected, what did they expect? They expected to see Jesus. And I, I'm talking, yes, physically, but that's not really what I'm talking about. They expected to see Jesus, to be touched by his love, to be touched by his love, to experience his loving kindness and mercy. They expected to witness and to experience healing for their friend. We have to come with expectation. They expected to see the gift of healing. They expected to see mercy. They expected to see loving kindness. And when I was studying for this, the Lord said to me, the Holy Spirit said, the boundaries of their circumstance, the boundaries of their circumstance did not curtail the vision of their faith. You get that? The boundaries of their earthly circumstance did not curtail the vision of their faith. We cannot let circumstance, earthly boundaries, curtail the vision of our faith. Our faith has vision. Our faith has vision, expectation, and action. So when they encountered the crowd, okay, that would be a blockage, right? The crowd, it was outside, they couldn't get in. Is this correct? Am I correct? So that would be a blockage. That would be an earthly circumstance, a blockage outside of the place where Jesus was teaching. What was the, what was the place where, where Jesus was teaching? That was the destination of their faith. That was where their expectation met Jesus, the destination of their faith. Okay, so there was a blockage, and when that blockage met the expectation of their faith, okay, the, the entrance was barred, right? It was barred, and they refused. They refused to stand outside the boundary. They refused to stand outside the border of their promised land. I refuse to stand outside the border of my promised land. How many weeks have we been talking about what without faith means? Okay, so think of that picture. Okay, without faith, standing without, without the boundary, outside of, outside of that boundary. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Their determination, the friend's determination, which was displayed in their action, right? Am I correct? It was displayed in their action. It displayed their compassion for their friend. Did it not? Yes, it did. Many would have given up at that moment. Many would have given up. Many seeing that particular obstacle, that border, the mountain right there, right in front of them, they would have quit. They would have said, oh, okay, well, um, we tried. It, it, it didn't work out. It wasn't meant to be, oh my goodness, do not ever say that phrase. Don't say that phrase. 
if you're believing for something in faith. If the Lord has spoken to you, if you've seen it in the word, don't say it wasn't meant to be. God intends his word to be, just as he spoke it, period. So they could have said, we tried, we couldn't get in, our way is barred, let's go home. They could have been fearful of retribution. They could have been fearful of persecution. Can you imagine the consequences of going up on someone's roof and putting a hole in it? That's destruction of property. No, think about that. I mean, you know, that's pretty serious. They could have been fearful of the consequences of what they were about to do. But they did it. They cut the hole in the roof. They could have been embarrassed. They could have been they could have thought that they would be made fools of because here they were cutting a hole in the roof and then they were going to, you know, lower their friend. Well, what if nothing happened? You know, they could have been fearful that they would be put to shame that they would be ridiculed or that they would be made fun of or laughed at. But none of these things deterred them. Nothing deterred them. Their faith moved them. Remember what we studied last week about faith? F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all, I trust him. Forsaking all, I trust trust him. I wish I had thought of that. So they cut a hole in the roof. They lowered their friend to to Jesus because they trusted Jesus' faithfulness. Your God is faithful. He is faithful. So what did Jesus do? Jesus first attended to the paralytic spiritual condition. First and foremost, that's and, and we all know that that's the heart of God, to attend to our spiritual condition, to heal us from spiritual death, darkness, and destruction. That's his heart, to heal us from spiritual depravity. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are transferred from that darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, into the kingdom of his light. So everything, everything in life is first manifested in the Spirit. Everything in life is first, is a manifestation of the spiritual. Everything. Everything. In other words, everything happens in the Spirit first before it is seen in the physical. So Jesus first addressed what? The paralytic's relationship with God. The paralytic's relationship with God. Forgiveness. 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 His first concern was that the man would know the love of the Father. That was his first concern. That was his heart for the paralytic. That's his heart for you. He said, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. You've come to me. You've come to Jesus. You've come to the right place. Your friends have seen your condition, and they brought you unto true salvation today. Your sins are forgiven. 
So think of it. Jesus gave up his place in glory. Union, unity, oneness. He gave up his place in glory and he came to earth as a man for you so that you could get to know him, so that you could know his heart for you, so that you could experience his love for you. Hallelujah. He gave up, he came from glory, he came to earth to secure for you redemption, to secure for you complete reconciliation, to secure for you peace with your Father God. Peace. Do you know that when you are born again, when you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are at peace. The Father is at peace with you. Hallelujah. You have complete redemption with your Father. You have sozo life, sozo life. That's in every area, every area of your life, every area of your existence. That's healing, that's forgiveness, that's provision. Thank you, Father. Thank you. It is the spirit of life in Christ Jesus in you. The spirit of life, say that. If you're born again, say, I have the spirit of life in Christ Jesus dwelling in me. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am at peace with my Father. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. You are at peace with God as a believer in Christ. It's a gift that he gives you. You are, the, at that point, when you are a believer in Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. The same glory that God gave Jesus has been given to you. Do you realize that? The same, the same. He sees you the same as he sees Jesus. You are transformed by the gospel of peace with your Father. You've been translated into a whole new kingdom of life and love and glory, the glory of God. Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. I take that literally. We did a whole study here on, on that. And you literally are set free from that law of sin and death. Literally. You are set free. You have a whole new law the spirit of life in Christ Jesus governing your life, infused in your life. Your sins are forgiven. Okay, let's look at what forgiven means in the Greek. This will help you. It says, I send away. I let go. I release. 
I permit to depart, I remit, I forgive. It means to send away from, send away, release, discharge. Forgiveness discharges you. Do you understand that? You are discharged from the penalty of sin. That's forgiveness. That's God's heart for you. Jesus pronounced to this paralytic man that God has let go of your sins. When you come in repentance to your father, God has let go of your sins. He's let them go. Wiped away. Can you receive that? So God sent the sins away. God released and discharged the man from the sin and the consequences of that sin. He wanted to heal the paralytic's heart first. We need revelation knowledge of this, beloved. You know, a, a, lot, a lot of people in here are really strong in their faith, and sometimes we get so maybe routinized, and we think we've forgiven ourselves, and we haven't. We think we know all about the fact that God's forgiven us, but we haven't really let it touch our hearts. We have got to let it touch our hearts. He is here to heal your heart today. I believe that. He is here to heal your heart today. You need to release yourself into the loving hands of your Father. You need to release yourself into the loving hands today of your Father. So Jesus wanted to heal the, paralytic, the paralytic's heart of the pain. You know how much pain comes when people don't forgive themselves of something that God's already forgiven them of? Why hang on to something that God has already released you from? Why hang on to that? See? You, you don't need to do that. God doesn't want you to do that. Proverbs 23, 7 it says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So in our hearts, we want to know, we want to agree with God, don't we? We want to agree with God. Healing of our hearts, knowing God forgives us, allows us to believe for the goodness of God. You see that? It releases us. It allows us to believe for his faithfulness, for his mercy, for his loving kindness, for his compassion. It is not God who hinders our healing. God does not hinder your healing. He is here to heal. He does not hinder our redemption in him. He, he gives us so-so life, so-so life in every area. But so often, we feel unworthy of God's goodness. Because we want to replay the things that we've done wrong, the mistakes, the missteps, the sins, and we feel unworthy of his goodness, which is not how he wants you to think because it doesn't agree with him. It's not how he wants you to see yourself. 
We think we don't deserve healing. We think we don't deserve restoration. Uh, We think we don't deserve provision in whatever area because of our mistakes. But listen to this. The Lord specifically spoke this sentence to me again when I was studying for this. Repentance. Okay, repentance, when we take our issues to Jesus, when we take our issues to the Father and we lay them down, right? Okay, repentance, listen please, listen. Repentance supersedes our mistakes, our missteps, and sin. Repentance supersedes your mistakes, your missteps, and your sin. He designed it that way. You can trust him. And when you get revelation, and I'm talking about Holy Spirit, revelation, knowledge of that, repentance, repentance becomes restoration to peace. It becomes restoration to joy. It becomes restoration to hope. It becomes restoration to expectation. It supports your faith. It supports your faith. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, from that moment on, God never defines you as a sinner. Never again will you ever be defined as a sinner. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. He sees you as worthy because you have received his son. You cannot earn God's forgiveness. You cannot earn it through your own worth, so don't even think about your worthiness. Why, you're, why would you even think about that? Because that's not going to help you. You thinking about your worthiness, your unworthiness, which you're no longer unworthy, right, when you're in Christ, but you thinking about, why would you even think about that? Because you could never earn, you could never earn worthiness with the Father. It, it's a gift. You can never earn forgiveness. It's a gift just because you come to him. Because he loves you. Because he wants to see you whole and well and healed and provided for. It is freely gifted to you. Forgiveness is freely gifted to you by the blood and the mercy and the loving kindness of your father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You are his beloved. You are his child. You are loved and adored forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Regardless of what you do, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you haven't done, you are loved by him. Zephaniah 3.17 says God rejoices over you. God rejoices over you. He rejoices over me. He rejoices over you. Hallelujah. He wants you to see yourself forgiven the way that he sees you. Forgiven, beautiful, 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Say, I am forgiven. I am beautiful in God's sight. You are the splendor of heaven here on earth. Say that, I am the splendor of heaven here on earth. And it's just because you love Jesus. Nothing you're going to do. You can't work for that. You are the splendor of heaven here on earth. You are God's glory displayed. Do you realize that? As a believer, as a believer in Jesus, you are God's glory displayed on this earth. His new creation in you on display to, to, to bring other people to him. So, Jesus wanted to heal the paralytic's heart first. Your sins are forgiven. Say, my sins are, if you're in Jesus, if you're in Jesus, say, my sins are forgiven. I am forgiven. God forgives me. Hallelujah. God does not, in, he does not condemn, he never condemns, but he instructs unto righteousness, right? He instructs us unto righteousness. Here's our instruction. <laughs> we just like follow this word, right? That's our instruction. He didn't come to, to condemn, he came to forgive. John three seventeen. for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So let me repeat, let me repeat this. Repentance supersedes our mistakes. It supersedes our missteps. It supersedes our sin. Repentance becomes restoration to peace, restoration to joy, restoration to wholeness, restoration unto the fullness of Christ, restoration in, of expectation in faith. God cleanses us. He makes us whole. Acts 3.19. Repent then <coughs> and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Wiped out. That's strong language. Wiped out so that your sins may be wiped out. If God has wiped them out, why should we hang on to them? If he's wiped them out, as far as the east is from the west, he doesn't remember them anymore, Say, I let go of the sins and mistakes that I have made because I'm in Jesus. So he comes to refresh. He comes to renew. It says, your sins may be wiped out. Listen, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. We repent he refreshes. I repent. He refreshes. Say, I repent and he refreshes me. Hallelujah. He renews you. He cleanses you. Repentance refreshes your faith. See that? It restores your heart so that you can believe God for what he has already promised. 
It refreshes your faith. It, it restores your heart so that you can believe for his promises, so that you can believe for his healing, so that you can believe for his provision. So secondly, Jesus wanted to address the paralytic's physical condition, okay? The teachers of the law condemned Jesus' forgiveness of sins, basically, because they said, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Okay, do you notice what Jesus' first statement was to them? He said, why are you thinking these things? In other words, why are you thinking differently than I'm thinking? Why are you thinking differently than God? Why are you not agreeing with God? See that? Do we do that? Do we do that sometimes in circumstances? Yeah. Well, obviously, Jesus was saying, you know, why do you need to see to believe? Right? I've already said it. My word says it. Agree with my word. Why do you need to see to believe? We just agree with God. We just agree with Jesus. We just agree with the word. It doesn't return void. It accomplishes what it says it's going to accomplish. But out of his compassion for everybody, Jesus addresses these hate-filled thoughts. And he said, but so that you will know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive. So in other words, he, he addressed again what was in their hearts, and he heals the paralytic. He was saying, you're moved by the physical. You're moved, instead of seeing with spiritual eyes, instead of seeing the more important thing, instead of believing that, the heart condition, their heart condition was not in the right place, right? God has a heart for us, for healing, but, and so he wanted to heal the spiritual condition first, but of course, he, he wants you to be healed physically. Does he not want you to be healed physically? Does he not? Yes. Physical healing is your inheritance in Jesus. Physical healing is your inheritance. So, he wants us to walk in spiritual revelation as to the completeness of what he has done for us. He wants us to receive the fullness, the completeness of his promises, of his love, of, of his mercy, of his compassion. And as we see that revelation, as we receive that revelation in our hearts, we walk into the fullness of Christ. We have been studying life behind the veil this whole year so far. And I am telling you that when, when, when the Lord first told us in this church to study that, 
He said there was coming because of revelation knowledge of living behind the veil. What that means, what it has provided, what Jesus has done, what the blood has accomplished. That there was going to be a new outpouring. Not that we seek um, gifts and miracles. But it has to be a result of his word. It has to be. It has to be. Because it's who Jesus is. Do you understand that? Am I making it clear? When we get the revelation of forgiveness, that we are forgiven, when we get that revelation in our hearts, the walls are tumbling down. The walls are going to be removed. That mountain in front of you is going to be dissolved. It says the crooked places are going to be made straight. The mountains are going to be leveled. The rocky places are going to be made smooth. He has healing in his wings for you. In every area. Don't allow unforgiveness of yourself to hinder God's goodness in your life. Because as it says in the word, it's what he has for you. Nothing missing, nothing broken. 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 The Father has for you the completeness of Christ. And I'm talking about not just, this is not head knowledge. This will become experience, the experience of your life. That's what he has for you. Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Okay, that's already occurred. If you believe in Jesus, that's already occurred. He has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Say, I have redemption and the forgiveness of sin in my life. Mark 1.14 after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the good news. Believe the good news. Believe the good news. Believe the good news. The good news. And nothing else. Nothing else. The plan of God is so very simple. It is so very simple. Repent and believe. Repent and know. Repent and know his love for you. Repent and believe. Believe in his goodness for you. Believe in his forgiveness of you. Hallelujah. Believe in the one whom God sent 
to bring you new life. Wholeness. Wholeness. Believe in the faithfulness of God to you, to you personally, to you individually. He is faithful to you, beloved. He is faithful to you. Believe that he is for you and not against you in every area. Believe his loving kindness. Believe his mercy. Believe his mercies are new for you every morning. Every morning. So first, before we move into, and I hope, I really, I, I believe that you will all take part in repentance and just coming near to God. See, he's doing a new thing. Do you see the new thing? All of us have places in our lives. And of course we have to forgive others, right? We forgive, he forgives us, right? Of course, if, if, if that's where your heart is today, if, if that's the need of your heart today, to forgive someone else, then of course that's for this. Um, but he has specifically said that so many of us do not receive his completeness, his healing, because we have not forgiven ourselves. Okay? But before we move into that, I want to ask if there's first anyone in here who has not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because if not, I would like to pray with you. Because you, the instant you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, every single promise is for you. So if there's anyone that has not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you. Okay. So we're going to have a service where we just take time with the Lord. This is between you and lo the Lord. Don't worry about you. This, you can spread out anywhere you want in this sanctuary. You can kneel at your chair. You can sit at your chair. You can stand. We're going to have 